Welcome to Understand Murdoch, a podcast from The Post and Courier, South Carolina's largest newspaper. Our award-winning reporters have spent more than a year digging into the Murdoch saga to bring you the latest news and in-depth analysis as we cover the story of drugs, deceit, and death in South Carolina's rural low country. And now we're here to provide quick daily updates on Alec Murdoch's highly anticipated double murder trial in Colleton County. I'm Jocelyn Greshik, and I'm one of the reporters here in Walterboro covering Alex Murdoch's double murder case. Today was the first day of witness testimony, and it was a pretty long one. We heard from six different people, and most of them were local law enforcement here in Colleton County. The first witness that prosecutors called was Sergeant Daniel Green with the Colleton County Sheriff's Office, and he was also the first official who responded to the Murdoch's hunting property the night of the killings, which was June 7th, 2021. And his job for prosecutors was essentially to walk jurors through the crime scene. And so he described how he spoke with Alec as he stood in the dirt driveway between Maggie and Paul's bodies. And he told jurors how Alec had suggested both to him and to 911 dispatchers that he believed his wife and son were shot over the fatal 2019 boat crash in which Paul had been arrested in connection with. And each of the witnesses who were first responders on the scene that night testified that Alec seemed visibly upset um, during that whole night at the crime scene, though no one ever saw him cry. But one witness did point out that crying isn't everyone's natural reaction in a traumatic situation. So that's important for jurors to keep in mind when they're, you know, evaluating his demeanor and response to the killings. And Alec told both 911 dispatchers and first responders at the scene that he'd checked Maggie and Paul for a pulse, though investigators didn't see any blood on his hands or shirt. And one witness said that given the extent of Paul's injuries, he would have expected blood on his hands had he himself touched one of their bodies to check for a pulse, for instance. But he testified that he didn't because when he arrived at the scene, the level of injury to both Maggie and Paul was so catastrophic that no reasonable person would have expected them to have survived. And investigators also discussed at least three sets of tire impressions that were found at the scene. Uh, Two of those they said were from Alec's vehicle that he had pulled up when he discovered the bodies, but at least one came from an unknown vehicle. And it was difficult for investigators to capture this evidence, they testified, because of the weather. And they said it was humid and rainy that night, which is pretty typical for, you know, a June summer night in the low country. And investigators also said they noticed a set of sandal-type footprints near a hangar on the property, which seemed to go from one end to the other, turn around and come back. And investigators at the scene walked alongside these footprints to check for any blood or any weapons, but they said they didn't find any. And they also told jurors that the prints seemed to match the shoes that Maggie was wearing when she was killed. And the witnesses who testified mentioned that in addition to Alec's car, a Ford F-150 was also found at the scene. And this was significant because investigators were trying to determine that night how Maggie and Paul may have gotten from the house down to the kennels where they were shot because investigators explained that it's actually a pretty significant distance, about a third of a mile um, between the two. So they probably didn't walk. 
And Alec had told first responders that he thought they would have driven Paul's car, which is a Ford F-250, which was nowhere to be found at the scene. And investigators said that they didn't find it until about 1030 the next morning, and it was off Highway 63. And they didn't really elaborate more on that car, which was interesting. So that was sort of prosecutors' line of questioning and what the witnesses laid out for the jury. And when defense attorney Dick Harputlian came up to cross-examine each of the witnesses, he largely focused on portraying first responders as possibly contaminating key evidence at the scene. So he determined that no one had photographed this set of unknown tire impressions, for instance. And one of the deputies who responded fully stepped inside the feed room where Paul's body was found partially lying because his supervisor said that they wanted to check the body for a weapon. Um, They were worried that a weapon might have been hidden underneath Paul's body as they worked to assess the scene. And another deputy even took it upon himself to walk around the crime scene and he placed evidence markers next to spent shell casings around Maggie's body, which Harputlian suggested might have affected microscopic evidence. And remember, it was dark when first responders arrived at the property, so it may have been even more difficult to see footprints or something left behind by the killer. Harputlian also argued that this deputy's job should have been left to a trained crime scene technician, but the deputy just went on the stand and said he was simply trying to flag important evidence in a really chaotic and fluid scene to make sure that no one had stepped on it. And the defense attorney also showed jurors a photograph of the back of Maggie's leg, which an investigator testified he had seen what could have been a muddy foot impression, like if someone had put their foot on the back of her leg and stepped on her, pushed her, something like that. And That was also a fact that they didn't really elaborate on, but it was a pretty interesting detail that they revealed. And while all this testimony was happening, Alec became quite emotional in the courtroom at several different points. We saw him sort of bow his head a lot and cry or tear up or wipe his eyes, uh, particularly when witnesses would describe the extent of Paul and Maggie's injuries or when his initial 911 call played. And like yesterday, a number of his family members, including his remaining son, Buster, were present behind him in the courtroom. We are in recess until tomorrow at 9.30 when jurors are scheduled to come back to the courthouse and we're expecting to hear more testimony from law enforcement officials as they work to explain the crime scene and those initial moments in uh, responding to the murders. That's all we have for now. For more in-depth coverage of this trial, as well as the latest news on the Murdoch story at large, stay tuned to postandcourier.com slash Murdoch. You can find us on Twitter at Post and Courier. We would love if you could send questions, feedback, and tips to our Murdoch email address. That's Murdoch at postandcourier.com. And please, Also take a minute to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.